0: another episode of the YNK Podcast. Yeah! Take your hats off and put one hand over your heart because this week you're pledging allegiance to this episode with a very special guest. He's the recipient of an Emmy Award, two Buddies, and has conducted over 60,000 interviews. Ladies and germs, get it up for Mr. Larry King. Oh baby, I'm fired up for this week's YNK Podcast.
1: Whoa i can't say that i ever saw this in my in my future even my (laughs) in my 10 year my five year my five day plan i didn't think this was going to happen this is uh
0: well you got a good friend in canon and canon has some clout with me yes sir
1: i could i could see that it was
0: uh one of those i I heard you speak
1: about it on a podcast as i've been kind of trying to prepare a bit for this but the right and the left turn of like of life you know what i
0: mean I, i often think of that um Paul Newman once told me that any person, successful person, discussing his or her life who doesn't use the word luck is a liar. So luck travels. Babe Ruth said I'd rather be lucky than good. Absolutely. Uh, What I think about a lot is I never went to college and I always wanted to be on the radio and television. I just love communications. Yes, sir. So I was in Manhattan and a friend of mine said, You know who that is over there? James Sermons. He's the head of the CBS staff announcers. Mm -hmm. So I went up to him cold and I said, Mr. Sermons, I want to get into radio. What do you recommend? And he said, try Miami. There's no union and there's a lot of people and they're either older people or younger people working. You might have a shot. I went to Miami, got on, the rest is history. However... What if I wasn't on Fifth Avenue at that moment? Now, I've had people tell me, with the talent you have, you would have made it anyway. Right. But I, I still don't know.
1: Yeah, there's no way of knowing.
0: Left turn, right turn.
1: That's how I felt about my meeting Cannon. Because I, you know, it was, I think we met at Doheny Room, I believe. We just went out. You're too young to be in there, but we'll leave that, we'll leave that off the record.
0: I'll tear your phone. We'll leave that at off the, the record. At the what room?
1: It's called the Doheny Room. It's a, it's a bar. You know, Cannon am I get you in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh shit! What I what I bring him over here for?
0: Cannon was at um, a bar. I allowed it. Yeah, yeah.
1: It was uh, it was a bar. a you know, low key bar. But I uh, he just kind of bumped into him, and it was one of those things where I had, you know, as we spoke a little bit before I got on on screen. I, I've been a musician, an athlete, a musician, and somehow I've transitioned. You know, How old where? are you? Thirty one.
0: You still pitch? I
1: can. So? You want to get in the box against me? What's going on? I know you're no, a baseball lover.
0: You're going to try to go back to it.
1: No, no, sir. No. I uh, honestly, uh, my life is, you know, I'm obviously a lot further behind than you are. But my life's taught me a lot of similar things as I've caught up and, and watched some of your recent stuff. I feel like uh, every turn is on purpose and, and for a purpose.
0: My lucky break, it was a lucky break, was I was born with insatiable curiosity. Mm-hmm. And that is the key to whatever success I've had. I'm insatiably curious. Mm -hmm. You don't want to sit next to me on an airplane. (laughs) I just repeat off questions and questions. I try to
1: get some sleep on there.
0: Why did you do this and why do you do that? I was on a plane recently with the chairman of Audi, the Audi car company. Mm -hmm. I drove him nuts. uh, I knew he went to the men's room just to get away from me. (laughs) But I learned a lot about cars, yeah. and uh, so I'm curious about cars. I'm right. curious about everything. Right. Uh, the, the valley is curious to me, you know. Just I, and so I have a insurmountable amount of questions. Right. That go back to my childhood.
1: And you were just born. You think that, that was born innately in you that that curiosity?
0: Yeah. Oh that? yeah. I'm sure it was.
1: Do you ever ponder that? I mean, the curiosity translate over into why why was that? You know, even even just that that characteristic. Why was I? Why me? Why was I born with this yeah, unbelievable well, I, curiosity?
0: Yeah, I I sometimes question myself. But the key word you use there is why. Why is probably the most important word in my lecture le- lexicon. Why did you do this? Mm-hmm. Like I asked you, why? Why did you want to pitch? Or why did you play? The, but this is your show, so
1: right. Feel free. The ironic part is, I'm sitting here with, you know, one of the best, if not arguably the best interviewer, broadcaster, legend of all time, and I'm interviewing you. That's the funny. It's part. all right. But it's it's the way. Yeah, life has taught me, if anything, that that you know, wherever way it turns, the pivots that life takes you are for a reason. And I've kind of learned to, as much as I've, you know, only 31 years of existence, it's taught me very, very much. Another so that you another
0: go, thing that's good to know is. This ain't the end of the world, okay? right uh if you don't connect with people, you will the next time right uh so remember that it's very important There'll always be another bus, yeah, of course it's not brain surgery
1: right, right now you call you uh you probably don't even remember this is a few months ago when I first met with Canon he had you know he had uh i think been a fan of the music and just followed me a bit. But I had just kind of recently started the podcast, and uh, another thing that felt like right in flow, it wasn't something I planned. The music career, my where I was in my music career kind of called for doing something else as I was transitioning. I've been an independent artist for almost eight years and done it. We've What we've built has just been organically online using the internet, no major label companies, just connecting with real kids, real people. and. Um, I was out that night, and he came up to me about the podcast. And I had started realizing that I, when I was going out in public, I was getting stopped a bunch by people for the podcast, and you know, appreciating what we were doing, and something a little different. If you think about artists, particularly, um, there's there's a certain mystery that they try to keep, um, and you know, maybe it's because they're just that way. You know, artistic people are very you know, introverted in a lot of ways, but for me coming from an athlete background, I didn't have much of that. I don't like to be introverted. I like to have conversations. I'm very curious. And I felt like I was just kind of drawn to this space and drawn to having these conversations. Now, I remember when you, call, you called me, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I just I had a long day. We were in the studio, smoked a J. I was, I was headed to, uh, we were headed to go get some sushi. And you called me out of nowhere. And uh, it was funny because I, I really, you know, I was caught off guard and nervous and you're like
0: oh come on
1: yeah i was i was very nervous and i couldn't really hear you and after seeing your phone i realized why i couldn't hear you because you got a what's he got the 1998 flip phone still? yeah it's a flip phone you know why S- i still like, rocking and rolling i'll
0: tell you what i love about a flip phone
1: you got it toss it in here let's
0: no don't toss it <laughs> don't
1: toss it, no, I toss it. I'm sure I think-
0: <laughs> look at this that thing's durable it's the best thing about a flip phone you open it and it's a phone, you, <laughs> and then you close it. You talk into it, and you hear on that side of it. I don't, I don't do anything with it. I can receive a text. I won't send a text. Yeah, you big lead my text. I sent you a follow up text. But I was in the truth. I was in <clears throat> the store where all was a big store. A big store like Apple, like May- I guess, where okay. everybody goes to fix their. Right, right, right. And the manager came over to me and looked at this, and he says, "Where did you get that?" <laughs> what I love one of those. You can get them at the AT and T store, mm. and that the best thing about it is not only that they're unhackable. Yeah, all cell phones are hackable, except I, absolutely the, the cell. The they're, cell phone.
1: Ha- they're hacking. They're hacking these all. All Apple. I mean, it's pretty common knowledge at this point. But all these products are listening. All these devices are listening. I mean, I'll have a conversation with our guys about a t shirt I want or something that I saw, an ad I saw. Literally six hours later on my Instagram, I get served an ad that's pretty much yeah. similar they, to something I was just discussing.
0: I'll tell you what's imposs- totally impossible is deleting. Mm-hmm. Once you've said it, it's all on there. It's out there. It's all and on there. That's amazing to me because all technology is amazing to me. You know, I'm 86 years old, so I've lived through it all.
1: Absolutely. You were,
0: I mean, how old
1: were you when the TV first came?
0: And the TV came in in forty-eight. I was fifteen.
1: Fifteen years old. Fifteen. What did you think? Was it just
0: the? I was a, it was black and white, of course. Right. And we used to. This is funny. Television didn't go on till six o'clock, and then not after midnight.
1: Was that a house rule, or was it just? A- no, that's
0: it uh, learning more about their trade and shows right i would sit with friends and we'd watch the picture tube which is just a picture of a tube a little circle going round and round and you knew in a minute it'll be six o'clock unbelievable zeke manners came on television is the devil's doing brought me ruin Grief and woe, woe, woe.
1: You remember, like yesterday. Then we
0: had "It's Howdy Doody time." It's time for fun and rhyme. Bob Smith and <laughs> Howdy Do. Say Howdy Do to you. There you go. And then Getting serenaded by Larry King. When Milton Berle hit in the in the late fifties, late forties, uh, mm-hmm. into fifty, and that show was unbelievable.
1: It's pretty. I'm sure. I'm sure I know the answer to this already. But could you have imagined that
0: that thing that got
1: was you know. Placed in your in your living room at the time, would transform your life. I mean, it was uh, obviously radio is probably is your first where you. Well, radio was the
0: start, and uh, radio is a special medium. Uh, It's the theater of the mind. You and I could be sitting on a roof somewhere now, but the audience can imagine anything at once. Television takes away that magic. It Mm -hmm. has other attributes, of course. But Rod Serling, the great writer told me that the difference between radio writing and television writing is if I write a show that says there's a dark foreboding castle at the top of the hill, you can read that on radio and the audience makes anything they want out of that castle. Windows, not windows. But on television, you do the same thing. they got to print the castle. they got to show you the castle. Absolutely. So I've always admired and loved radio for that reason. I'm a product of it. But I was lucky because I got into television real fast. I was doing a radio show for maybe a year and a half when a television, I was, the show was hot. I was a funny disc jockey. I was fun. And uh, Channel 10 in Miami. Mm-hmm. An ABC affiliate they called and I went over there and then I was there for five, five years and then Jackie Gleason was a great friend of mine, a pal to me and he came on the show and that, mm-hmm. phew, Went off. through the
1: roof. Now, do you remember, can you, can you draw back to those times where your psyche was? I mean, I know you, you, you were somebody who grew up automatically. You were drawn to radio and media. You knew you wanted to do that. Is that correct? That's that very lucky. Not, they never
0: wanted to do anything else.
1: And, you know, you get there. And, you know, I've read things on the beginner's luck where, like, life kind of gives a beginner's luck to people who are chasing their, their dream. And on the right path, you know. It sounds like you had kind of immediate success, almost, almost yeah, immediate almost success. Almost
0: immediate in Miami, yeah. Right. Yeah, the beginner's luck is. But uh, Branch Rickey, great baseball general manager, said luck is the residue of design. You make your luck. Mm, I and like that. I have always thought about that. Because it was lucky that I have this mind. I was lucky to inquisitive. What if I weren't inquisitive? Absolutely,
1: I talk about that all the time. People talk about in the celebrity space, especially um, the ego and the ego that 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 fame. You know, it's it's kind of a man-made structure. Fame. It's not it's not necessarily something. The celebrity, you know, is kind of a man-made ideology. Sure. And it's not necessarily something that is natural for humans. You know, so. And you get tossed into that, and you're constantly being admired and under a microscope by everyone. As much as uh, you're always surrounded and everyone wants you around, you can feel isolated by it. And I see... Yeah, you know, uh,
0: fame is a difficult thing to handle. I learned to handle it, because it happened to me young I, in Miami. What I wanted to get so into it. So I got well-known, and people knew me on the street. Then I was all around town. I would open up new movie theaters. I would MC events. Mm. I liked talking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I didn't do this, I'd have been a stand-up comic. I love comedy. It's, it's what I would have been. Uh, so I love being around comics. And I, I fell into this naturally. It, it, this, if it was seamless to me, radio to television. I, I regarded television as radio with pictures. Right. I do that to this day. Mm-hmm. It's radio with pictures. The camera will find me. Mm-hmm. but that's what it is mm-hmm. and i uh, but i consider myself fortunate a lot of gratitude i pinch myself almost every day almost it's
1: gonna be one of my questions to you every day at yeah. what point did uh what point did, did it start to set into you that something something crazy was kind of brewing with just well, what, what
0: really you was after. crazy is uh in 1980 1980 The Mutual Broadcasting System, Big Radio Network, came to me and wanted to know if I would like to do an all-night show across the country. I was big in Miami. Mm. All-night show across the country? You bet. Wow. Sign me up, baby. And that that was the unfortunate break that led to many things. I had great. First night was Don Shula Mm. and um, Jackie Gleason on my radio show. Leeson was always a supporter.
2: Right.
0: I took that that television show and ran with it. So
1: this overnight show was a radio show or a television
0: show? Radio, radio, regular radio. Took calls, interviewed people. Mm-hmm. And then television was what came Larry King live. And I the reason I got that was Ted Turner came on my radio show a few times, and he was gonna let the person go who was on at nine o'clock. On weekday nights, and he asked me. And my agent was Bob Wolf, great guy, the late Bob Wolf. He was oh, the Bob. first first sports agent. Mm. There was no sports. He wrote the book on it. Really? Yeah. He died much too young. Mm. Um, but he he went down and met Ted, and he called me up and he said, "Listen, you're single. You're really riding high. You're making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year on in nineteen eighty. That's pretty good." He said, Turner's going to give you, no, this is now 1985. Turner's going to give you 500000 a year. Double your pay. But I'll tell you, if you're not happy, at the end of the year, you can leave. Mm. He can't let you go, but you have an out. Wow. And I knew the first night of that show, that was sitting good. with Mario Cuomo, governor of New York, I knew as soon as the light went on, this show's gonna make it. I don't know what went. I knew going through me, and now, of course, to be seen around the world is a flip. Um, when I go to, when I've been in foreign countries, they all know me. And yeah, and that that is a real treat. That's a, it's a hoot. You so know, it's, in, it's never.
1: So all this time, you probably have. The longest tenured career in broadcasting. I I guess it's and it's never been normalized for you. You Still, you still can enjoy the the presence you've created for yourself. I enjoy
0: the fruits of it. You know, the money's always good. Right. Uh, And I'm blessed. Another where I'm blessed is in family. Marriage didn't work out well for me, but (laughs) kids, kids worked out well. Right. So I have. Two sons and a daughter in Gainesville, and two—one son, a daughter in Gainesville, Florida. One son in Tampa, mm-hmm. and two boys here, Chance and Cannon.
1: Cannon's a dandy of a, of a young little gentleman you got there. What Cannon, a Cannon's the what the baby. a dandy.
0: Cannon's, ah. the, Cannon's the baby of the family. Is he? And he's destined for show business. I don't care what he says. He looks like an actor. He looks like an actor. gotta throw looks, him on screen. He look. He could be a singer. He could be a comedian. He has natural ability to communicate and i hope he follows that path because that may be one of the genes i gave him
1: now as as a parent have uh has it been you know it sounds like how how, how many marriages first of all seven seven marriages now we'll get into that a little bit because i have my own questions about marriage <laughs> but uh you know, as far as I saw I don't know either on an interview or, or excerpt I saw that you you th- you said that having a family and being a family man is, is your biggest achievement.
0: Whatever right. is second to parenthood is a distant second. Mm. So my kids that are the two most important the two here living with me. Right. Cannon's gonna be twenty one in May, chance will be chance will be twenty one in March. Am I got it right? said <laughs> yeah, perfect. Canon's going to be 20. 20. 20. He's uh, baby and, and they are the light of my life. So mm. I would do anything for them. I would try to they can have anything. And oh, by the way, I'm a spoiler. I um uh, It's a great quality. I like spoiling people. I like Yeah. Uh I like I'm I'm very generous.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh I'm an easy touch. Probably right. because this whole thing has been so unbelievable to me that what you need ten dollars here you know what I mean like
1: right it's minimal so like it doesn't matter
0: what 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 does it all mean I mean what am I doing here how did I attain this perch or whatever you want to call it
1: yeah I love that I love that you're, you're, you're thinking like that about it because that was going to be one of my my questions towards you. Now I I'd seen that you're not you're not a religious person or not spiritual at person no. at all. What's the reasoning? What's the reasoning for family?
0: that? Family split, interesting split. Uh, my last wife, Sean, mm-hmm. is a very religious Mormon. Wow. And she taught that, and and Cannon is a religious Mormon. Mm-hmm. Chance, on the other hand, is almost atheist. He's a he's agnostic, but agnostic is a cop out word.
1: Right. Uh oh flip phones going off baby you you can answer it's not live it's not live
0: let it fly it's your mother answer it answer it we're on your time larry you know where i am i'm one block off colfax ventura Yeah, I'm here doing a, uh, it's the middle of the podcast. I'm talking with with, with, Mark is doing the podcast. Cannon is here. Cannon drove me in his usual hysterical side. And I'm in the middle of the podcast. So you are on a podcast.
1: Welcome.
0: Okay, I got to get back to this. I'll call you. (laughs) <laughs> that's part of a healthy podcast that's it is close.
1: absolutely absolutely you're a legend quite literally sir uh um, you know when
0: you call someone a legend you know what it means they're old
1: no not at all
0: there are no 26 year old legends
1: not at all i i disagree i just <laughs> we use it a little more loosely we use it loosely but legend is just like somebody who you know doesn't matter what level of success they're at or what they've done I does, age really isn't a factor to me it's just if you're somebody who's done a bunch of legendary things, or you know, successful, but act a certain way, the fact that you're here is le- makes you a legend. Um, where were we? You were talking. Oh, we are talking about religion and the role.
0: Yeah, I uh, I lost. I'm I'm Jewish, mm-hmm. and I was raised. I was bar mitzvahed and did all the things you do. But as I got out into the world, I asked questions for which nobody had answers. And that started to turn me around. And then I started to say to myself, it's uncanny to believe that someone is looking down on me, mm. that there's a God or some person. Because if there's a God who created God, you know what I mean? You could go crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ask, I ask people sometimes, explain the Holocaust. Mm. God could have stopped that. Mm. These people were burned, gassed. Because why didn't he stop it? And the usual answer is we don't question the ways of the Lord. Why not? Why not question it? Yeah. So I respect religion. I think it's the opiate of the masses. Karl Marx said that. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, great crutch, I think, right. to lean on Something and keeps you in. going. Right. But I hope canon does well with it. It's a tough way to live early on. You can't have sex. Mm-hmm. You can't drink. That's tough. It ruins you. (laughs) You are out of the Mormons.
1: I'm out. I got no shot.
0: But there's a lot of hang ups to a strong religion. Uh, For example, Utah is the number one state in the union for tranquilizers, Mm -hmm. also for pornography Mm -hmm. per capita. Because you need everyone needs an escape.
1: I'm in agreement about religion, particularly religion. I think a lot of turmoil has been. On Earth has come from separated belief systems, um, fragmented. You know, people believing that they're doing the right thing, just based off their beliefs. You know, and you know, inflicting pain or hurting hurting groups of other people because of those misguided beliefs. Oh, you know,
0: there's more killings in the name of Christ. And, Absolutely. Um, so I, I, it's not a factor in my life, and it's very interesting to watch Chance and Canon because they're poles apart. Yeah. On this
1: spirituality is more so where I've, I've never been religious. I wasn't raised religious, loosely Catholic, um, but as I've gone on in life, and you talk about curiosity as being the driving force behind all of your success, and that's where I'm drawn to spirituality, uh, in a sense, because when you look at your life in your you're you know what are you 86 years old now yeah 86 years and all the success you've had and it almost reads like a like a movie or so you can't believe it you're saying yourself like i'm so lucky for me that's part of where i've started to look into spirituality a bit because i'm just like why me why why was i born with this brain and why was I able to take yeah, the right turn on the right day?
0: I don't think those questions are answerable. They're not answerable. If you tell me God did it, I, I can't buy that. No, they're
1: not answerable. It's more so the curiosity that I have for like And, you know, obviously you're saying you're the most curious. It doesn't, it doesn't. So why, does, why do you turn your curiosity off when it comes to that just because you know there's no because factual I've, answer? I've
0: so many questions in that. I've interviewed, except for the Pope, every major religious leader. Billy Graham was a friend to me. Mm. Um, Billy Graham flew in for my wedding, mm. and he always used to say to me, you have a spirit. You may not know it, but you have a spirit. Absolutely. And I used to say to him, what is a spirit? Yeah. I had a doctor tell me. I've gone through a rough year. Yes, sir. Um, and a doctor told me, uh, Mr. King, you have indomitable spirit. I have no idea of that in origin. I want to live... Um, I want to see my kids get older. Right. I want to enjoy the fruits of my labor. Absolutely. So, I, I someone asked me if I'm happy. I don't. I I I believe happiness is a lack of unhappiness. Or is it, you know, I can't go around giddy all the time. So, if I'm having a day where nothing unhappy is causing me to be unhappy,
1: I'm happy. Ah. Huh. I like that. I like that. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's, you know, as you've this year now you've underwent a stroke, right? This was this uh, in March. In March
0: of last year. I under. I still. I never. I know. I don't remember any pain. I don't remember anything else. But boy, I nearly died. They showed me pictures of me in the hospital. I was on my way to a doctor. It's so the last hour, I remember. And the next time I woke up, I was in intensive care, but I had. uh septus which is a terrible infection usually comes caught in the hospital Mm. some terrible you die from septus a Mm. lot of people and then i they put a new stent in my heart then they told me i had leukemia wow but it was not acute leukemia it was chronic chronic you can live right and there's always something bladder cancer had that prostate cancer had that I'm a walking freak.
1: Can't knock you down, baby.
0: I, I guess. I'll we'll knock just, you down, but you keep going. Uh, my indomitable spirit. Absolutely. I, re- I refuse to be beaten. Um, now, what one thing the stroke did to me It made me more sh- short-tempered. I get very angry because mm. I have to depend on other people. Right. I'm in that's, a wheelchair that's that's until different. this foot comes around. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to master now is a cane. Of course, if I can master a cane, I don't care if the foot ever gets better. And you're as long mad- as I can walk with a cane, it don't matter to me. I just want to walk. Right. It's um, I'm short-tempered. And I was always, I guess, a little bit short-tempered, but now I really am short-tempered. Mm. Uh, one of my caregivers was putting on my jacket tonight. And as we're going back to put it in the second sleeve, it missed. And I go, God! damn it mm. what is It's just a sleeve right but it's uh, i guess it's all catching up with me in that sense uh,
1: yes sir it's not a it's one of those things where it's it's you're in a you're entering another phase you're, you're a very independent guy and always did always correct. rocking and rolling on your own so it's it's a whole other set of challenges you know, for you.
0: depending on others is um, i can't i i adjust to it because i got no choice right uh, and I have good people, good caregivers, but, and they're around the clock. Right. But I, if you'd have told me you know, a couple of years ago, you're going to need round-the-clock care, oh, my God, so it's over.
1: As, you, as you've, you know, obviously you realize you at a certain point, you're, you're, you're eight, you're, when you get to your late 70s, your 80s, you never, in your psyche or in your mindset, I, I've, I watched a few, few other interviews where you were saying, I feel so young.
0: You know, Man, I mean? always well, felt young,
1: felt you feel young, just young in spirit. And yeah. I, I couldn't relate more. I'm not, obviously you looking from where you're sitting. I'm, ve- I'm very young, but, you know, I feel I'm 31 and, and it's partially in what I do. You know, I don't live a structured regimented life whatsoever. Almost feels like college continues. I got I
0: got ties older than you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like
0: that. But yeah, no, I, I also oh, I know I'm mortal. And I know right. I'm closer to the end than the beginning, of course. Right. But I quote Woody Allen, who said, I'm not afraid of dying. I just don't want to be there when it happens.
1: I like that. That's funny. I like that. I agree. I feel the same way.
0: So, yeah, if I could uh, material, if I could know what someone said to me.
1: There, there's one of our devices listening to us. That's, uh, what is that, Alexa? Yeah.
0: Someone said to me, would you, would you want to live forever? I said, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll tell you why. My curiosity would be boundless. Who's going to win the World Series? What's coming up now? Who's the next president? Who's the president after that? And my wife, Sean, said to me, you know, if you live that many years, you're not going to know anybody. And I said, I'll make friends. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you won't have a problem.
0: You won't have- I like the gift of life. And, uh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'll probably die at a microphone. I love which that. Which would be the way to go.
1: I love that. It's uh, it's 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 interesting to sit down with someone who, and and again, a lot of the people I sit down with, uh, we'll get back to the call, but to sit down with people that not only recognize their calling but then went and fulfilled their calling, and and to have that, there's a certain experience and a vibration, a vibe that, that those people carry.
0: Um, I often often wonder. My father died when I was nine, and he never got a chance to see me. My mother moved down to Miami, and she saw me on the radio and on television locally. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: But what would my father say if he saw me today? Uh, What would he... He couldn't conceive, like, of the money I make. He probably tops $4,000 a year.
1: Wow. So you you were you were you were raised in poverty more or less. Yeah. Oh, we
0: were on welfare for 2 years. Mm. They called it relief. And uh, we, they paid my mother's, they paid the rent, <clears throat> and they gave a living allowance for food and stuff. They would come and inspect to see what kind of food you were buying. Was it grade A meat or choice meat? Really? From ages from my father's death 10 through 12. My younger brother just passed away recently. It's sad. Mm -hmm. Um, so i i i experienced whenever i hear people say "Ah, welfare cheats baloney i don't know anybody who's on relief or welfare who enjoys it yeah it's a it's a fate of life and we're in new york city was the most progressive city in america right they gave you if you came into new york penniless There was a place you could get some cash to get through the day, Mm. Um, so I believe in our system. I believe in welfare. Believe in. I had had a lot of relief. Mm -hmm. My mother was very important in life, raising me and my brother as a single mother. Mm. I lost a brother who died before I was born. He was six. Wow. She had a. She had it rough.
1: And then she lost her husband. Not not long after.
0: Yeah, but she was she always she had inexcus- I could do no wrong. With my mother I could do no wrong. I I used to tell this if I robbed a bank and ran out with hundreds of thousands of dollars, and they come to my mother, say, We just caught your son, he robbed the bank, and she would say did the bank make a mistake on his checking account? Did <laughs> they do something wrong to my Lawrence? Yeah, that's that's the mother.
1: That's the, that's that's the parent to children. Love like there's no love like that at all. It's 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 the a-
0: bad side of it is when I when I lost a tooth, she didn't replace the tooth, so I wound up with partial dentures mm-hmm. because I said I don't want to go to the dentist, and she listened to me. She never forced me. Let you have your way. To do anything.
1: Mm. Now when you experience that's probably your first real experience of loss, your father. Oh yeah. You were nine years
0: old? Nine. I got I got I didn't go to the funeral. I got mad at him. And uh, I had a psychologist tell me this. I got mad at him for leaving me. I'm nine years old. Now and then people used to tell me, now you're in charge of the family. You're the head of the family. You're the younger brother, your mother. You're the head. Mm -hmm. Well, I had to hear that. Why did he leave me? I didn't understand heart attacks. So I I didn't go to the funeral. Uh, And I was very studious. Uh, The day he died, I was carrying nine books home from the library. And a cop told me. cops cop knew him. And I didn't read a book again until I was a senior in high school. I cuffed my way through. I mean I as my friend said, you know how you got out of school begging the dean? <laughs> uh, I was not a good student. Yeah. I graduated with 65 average.
1: But you were previously before his passing. What? You were you were a better you were studious before his passing, you're saying. And then as soon as he oh,
0: passed. I read books. I read David and his friends. I remember the little books I read. And my father was very. <laughs> I'll tell you a story about my father. He was East European Jewish, the tough crowd, mm. the crowd that put sugar cubes in their mouth and drink the coffee over the sugar cube, very Eastern European. One day was sitting at the dinner table. My mother is to my right. I'm 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 opposite my mother. My little brother is over there, and I'm here. And my father's drinking soup. And he just casually says to me, how was Hebrew school today? And I said, fine. The back of his hand, whack! (laughs) I fell off the chair, almost hit the wall. And he kept drinking the soup. And he leaned over and said, never lie. Mm. Boy, so he told, I don't see, but what would happen if he lived?
1: Do you, uh, that was literally going to be my next question. Now, do you think, you know, obviously, you say I was, you were, you were drawn to radio immediately, but do you, you know, say he, say that he he lived? Do you feel like your life would have went the same path?
0: I don't know, I don't know, because I was so studious, right? I probably would have went to college, right? And I still love radio. I think yeah, that's because when I was eight, seven years old, I would listen to the radio, mm-hmm. inveterate listen to the radio, and I would imitate the announcers. We had a small little apartment in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I listened mm-hmm. to the radio, and I brought it to the bathroom. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. <laughs> Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? The shadow knows. Yeah, I knew all those those The Green Lantern. Lights Out was a great. Arch Obler, I got to interview him. He produced Lights Out. Lights Out started this way. 10 o'clock Sunday night lock your door close your window (laughs) make sure everything is clear now turn your lights out (laughs) god i used to imitate that yeah um
1: see i i've had this this conversation with a lot Different people than you, mainly athletes uh, that sit here, because from my background, artists, entrepreneurs. I love
0: athletes. Yes, yeah. You know why I love athletes? Why? Uh, They face winning and losing, and the cheering stops. So when you're, I've talked to Joe Namath about it. Joe Namath was king of the world when he was 27. Mm -hmm. Right now he can go into a restaurant, maybe one person will go over. When the cheering stops, absolutely, and athletes face that,
1: a lot of athletes really struggle with that. Really, really oh, struggle yeah. with that. Their whole identity, and my story in a nutshell. You know, I was lucky enough. The word luck again, just completely lucky enough to fall into this music. I basically I had Tommy John surgery. Um, I started making you know viral rap videos just in a the lowest quality microphone. Who in, did the in my dorm. Uh I went to Andrews, but I didn't have him do the surgery. I did the hospital for
0: special Andrews surgery. Andrews, South Florida. Yes,
1: I went That's to him, I went to him uh, for a consultation, then went to a second. I went to the hospital for special surgery in Manhattan. Yeah,
0: I knew Dr. Job well. Who okay. Invented. Yes. Tommy Johnson. There
1: you go. Yeah, I had it, and uh, during so, that during that time, I I started to do. I just kind of had a little bit of a calling towards. I could always just make, you know, freestyle and spot, you know, rap and do certain things. And that's how I fell into it. But my point is, I don't, if I didn't have that, the person, the version of me then, I really feel like I would have had a very hard time understanding what I was supposed to do next. And I get that you don't have to know right away. But, you know, coming out of being an athlete, there's something about what makes you a great athlete. It also is partially why it's so hard to no longer be an athlete. Because for you to be great, more or less your day revolves around the sport. Even your meals, your decisions, your friends, where you're going, everything about it.
0: And you face winning and losing.
1: Absolutely. Now, I also credit my athlete background to being able to win in whatever sphere I go in because of the competitive the drive, like you said earlier, like I'm not gonna lose, you know, and it's, it's, uh that competitive spirit and the diligence and the things that you learn being great at a, or, or striving for greatness as an athlete, it's applicable across all realms, you know. And I've been able to apply it to music. I, pl- I applied it. No one gave a shit about my music at all. I'm still not a mainstream artist, but I just willed it, you know what I mean. And I, I feel like I'll do. Well,
0: it. it seems to me you're quite content while you're still driving forward.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I and 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 it's it's an ongoing. I'm constantly. I'm in a probably the biggest growth period of my life. I lived a lot of my teens and twenties, even in, in a bit of a bubble. Where I, what am I doing today? Where where we go? We got a show. Cool. Like everything was all. I didn't really think about things on a bigger level, or you know, just what I wanted, who I wanted to be as a person. You know, it was really just about rock and rolling, doing what I needed to do. And now I feel like I've when I talked about spirituality earlier, I'm not really even talking about higher power so much. I'm just talking about getting in touch with like what it really means to be here and what am I, what do I want to do with my time here and, and how do I want to, how can I curate my happiness as much as possible? And that's where I'm in the space of now. Like I've really kind of gotten less tense about it. I used to be a little more like, less tense. yeah, I used to be a little more like, ah, you know, like let's get this shit done. So we, we got to drop this album so we can go tour and, where I, I kind of have allowed things to, to be in a bit more of a flow state, you know, where I'm just kind well, of...
0: As long as you're loving what you're doing. Absolutely. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. I love, now, I'm on on Aura and Hulu, and I've still kept it. I did 26 years at CNN, and now I'm in my eighth year. Doing this. But I still, I still get a kick when the light goes on. Mm-hmm. There's something inside of me. I'm motivated by mm-hmm. that. Boing, mm-hmm. and boing goes on.
1: It's that adrenaline. It's like stepping yeah. out on oh, stage. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, we'll, let's. I want. I want to segue a little bit. Sixty thousand interviews, sixty years of broadcasting. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I mean, I, I don't need to I say. I don't need to say that to you. It's probably unbelievable to you even. Now, when you look back at it, um, do you have any? Do you have any times when you when you? ever pondered what you were doing you know what i mean did, did you ever have any during that entire stint did you ever just be like man i don't i don't want i want to break or never, I, I
0: never i never had never had doubts of my ability always believed in myself and i know i never never thought no i want to get off i stop the world i want to get off right no i i, I can truly say i've never had that
1: the power of the mind is something I've become very intrigued with and, and you touched on it. I was kind of trying to segue to it when I talked about athletes sitting here. No matter who it is or what walk of life, there, there's something, there's a similarity. And I wanna get back to that call because we had a funny moment, but there's a similarity with everyone I sit down with and it's, it's, there's a different version of it, but every single person manifested in one way or another. It started in their mind as an idea and you going in and practicing impersonating radio when you're 10 years old, knowing that you needed manifesting it, replaying those are, those are things that I started really believing in. And the more conversations I have like this, the more I have
0: proof, at least from my scope. The thing. one trait I've found in every successful person is driven, successful people that you can be shy and driven. Uh, they have that, get up in the morning and get out of bed and do something. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate being in a wheelchair because right. I can't get out of bed because right. someone has to help me get right. out of bed. And that's so frustrating to me because I so want to. Now, basically, I can go anywhere in a the wheelchair. They wheel me. I can walk with a walker. But if I can learn to walk with a cane, I don't care about the left foot. But it- I'll never drive again probably because mm-hmm. I had the stroke.
1: It's it's. It's you're so young in spirit, like we talked about, uh, and in your mind, does it feel like you're a bit you're you're a bit trapped because you, your mind, your you know, it's not like you're you're ready to just settle and sit there and you know what I mean, but you know yeah you, I'm trapped. And that's, Good and observation. And,
0: I'm I'm trapped in my body.
1: And that's the challenging part of of where yeah, you're at. it's very hard.
0: Mm-hmm. It's very hard to me. To disassociate myself uh, with my body. I know that there are people who have gone to and the other day I was at breakfast and a guy was wheeled in with no legs. And I looked at him and I, I am complaining that I'm in a wheelchair. This guy has no legs. Mm-hmm. And that sobered me. Said, you know, and he was upfront, funny. He was delightful. But I kept thinking, how how could you be delightful with no movement? Absolutely. Where does that come from?
1: Absolutely. I uh I can relate to that so much. I, I was going through a little bit of a a down. I'm a very happy guy. I'm a very lucky guy. I had a great family. Um, but I, I had a bit of started to have some real substantial success monetarily. Uh come from a very blue collar middle class family. Um and you know, I had some relationship problems. I was dating Jose Canseco's daughter at the time. Oh, yeah. Um, and found myself waking up in this house and, and being sad. And for about of like, you know, I'd say like three to four months. And I really kind of felt the sadness was almost doubled because I felt a little bit ashamed that I could have success. And, and this is kind of everything we ever kind of when we started this out, we never would have dreamed that we'd be able to sustain it and do what we've done. And it was kind of a bit of shame towards myself. How, like, how are you? How are? How are you sad now?
0: Well, you think you didn't deserve it?
1: No, I, I knew I deserved it. But I, but really, outside of the surgery and and that baseball career ending, I hadn't had many hardships. No one really had wronged me in my life. And that's very privileged. That's a very that's that's a very privileged uh, observation. Where I, you know, Let me I,
0: ask you a question: Why do pitchers pitch faster after Tommy John?
1: Why? Well, there are not
0: being too technical. What do they do there? Yeah, so
1: they they essentially take this tendon out of your wrist, and they put it. There's two tendons there. You don't need both, so they take it out of here, put it in here, and the rehabilitation is about 12 to 16 months where you're essentially trying to teach that ligament. Are you to- in a sling? Yes. A very, like not even a sling, like an actual like robot arm where they lock, you're locked in and your range of motion is like this,
0: you know? I remember Dr. Job telling me when they did it on Tommy John, it was the first. Yeah. Uh, he thought it would work.
1: Yeah, and 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 to answer your question now, there, I think the reasoning is that a lot of pitchers before the pop, before the ligament pops and I was, it happened to me, the ligament starts to sag and droop, right? So you start to throw, you're, you're essentially throwing a bit slower, as that tendon gets looser, that's your elasticity, so you're losing velocity, you're throwing slower and slower and slower. So I think what happens is you see velocity spikes after the surgery because there was a problem, an underlying problem with that ligament for years previous, before it actually popped. You know, are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. So, you know, to answer your question, I think that's the that's where you see the velocity spikes. And while I went through that, I was the most optimistic. I was really? I I was an all I, I had a immediate success at Duke. I was an all American closer. I was a pitcher and immediate success. Lifelong dream to be a pro pitcher. Why not turn pro? Well, after I'm from Rhode Island, which is a small, very small place, mm. not a baseball powerhouse by any means. So I go to Duke. Not very highly touted, but I had an amazing I was all American as a freshman. When you go to Duke, when you go to college, you're committed to three years of college baseball. So it's not you can't be one and done. Right. If I was a one and done, I would have been one and done. I would have been probably I would have been a first or second rounder for sure and I would have won. Um, but it wasn't an option. So when I had this, I had the injury happen sophomore year, I didn't even care. I'm like sophomore year is null and void anyway. Junior year is the draft year. So I worked my ass off, rehabbed my ass off to get back for junior year because that was draft year, and it just never happened. Or undrafted. No, undrafted. Well, I I mean, I went from throwing 92, 94. I had a power breaking ball. I went from that to throwing 85, 86. My arm
0: didn't work the same. And it was was really. How, How frustrating was that?
1: It was one of the. Most frustrating things I ever experienced. You're used to
0: throwing hard, and hardness ain't there anymore. But a lot of pitchers adapt.
1: Right. I mean, and and look, I I've I played with probably ten guys over a span of four years who had Tommy John. None of them came back. Oh. So you hear, you hear the public hears about the guys who make it because they're on TV and they're like, oh, we had Tommy yeah. John. Those are the guys that, that you know. That's why you hear about them because they did make it, but the overwhelming majority don't. And for me, I remember being so optimistic the entire time. Oh, I was like, I'm going to throw high 90s. I knew I should be throwing high. I was a very like powerful athletic pitcher. So I figured, hey, I'm going to throw harder. And it was the opposite. It was the first time life showed me you can't plan for shit. You can't plan for anything. Yeah, oh. You know what I mean? And, and I really didn't think of it like that. Let's segue. I guess where I want to end with you is just you know, I I try to avoid having any common questions. You know, I'm sure you get to the same questions. But, uh, you know, looking back on your life now, uh, and I I truly believe that experience is the only is the real teacher. And have somebody who's had as much experience as you, um, what do you, what would be your number one message? I mean, you know, I'm sure you have these conversations with your children, but your number one message to you know what you've learned through all of your experiences <sighs> and you can you can generalize it just about life it doesn't have to be about your career never or never give
0: up uh, it's so easy along the world to throw in the towel never give up no matter what has happened to me in my life i get up off the floor and that would be the advice i would give to anybody don't give up don't fear change i've always been that way, and again, our successful people I know, they don't get up. Just like the boxer, who's knocked down, mm-hmm. struggling to make the nine count, and mm-hmm. then comes back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You're gonna face life's You're gonna face a lot. Everybody faces troubles. It's how you deal with it. You know, like someone said once. It's not how you read. it's not how you deal with the fire burning your house down. It's how you deal with it.
2: Mm.
0: Now, optimists have said boy i'm gonna get a new house
2: mm-hmm.
0: you'd consider yourself an optimist through and through yeah i am although there's pessimism side of me too having a stroke made me pessimistic Right.
1: i mean that's, that's it's a natural it's a natural I've, part of it, late, the being late. optimistic 24 7 you know i feel like it's not really achievable the late
0: great lawyer edward bennett williams was a friend of mine and i asked him are you optimistic or pessimistic? And he said, "Of course I'm pessimistic. I'm smart." <laughs> <laughs> the more you know, the more you know. Yeah,
1: I, it's uh, interesting. I uh, just just getting to, getting to know you a little bit before you came here and diving in a bit more. I feel I have a, a lot of alignments the way I see things. And my I have "Keep Going" tattooed right here. My next album's called "Keep Going." And your biggest message was was to never stop. What's tied there?
0: What's that? What's that? Keep going. Oh. So
1: it says the words keep going. And my next this album that I'm about to put out is called Keep Going. And uh, you know, just that being your main message of of never stopping is
0: How did it feel when you threw again the first time? Shit. I felt like I knew shit. you couldn't throw fast.
1: And you know what? I, I I didn't uh I didn't no, I, I saw it as part of the process, so I wasn't I wasn't over analyzing it. When you first start throwing again, you're like throwing from me to you. But the whole thing, for, as I look back at it, the injury, I, I look back, I remember how I was feeling. It was like almost something inside me knew it wasn't going to work again. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why, but it felt like such a long road. My arm felt so different than it did before. So it was just one of the, you know, as I look back, maybe it was already in my mind that it wasn't going to ha- I happen. Think, I, I think, you know, there was a bigger... There was, I, I'm supposed to be where I am. Me sitting here with you is proof in itself. You remember Dave
0: right mm-hmm. uh, for the San Francisco Giants? He was a left-hander. Now he he goes around and speaks to groups. And the game was at Candlestick Park. Right. This is unbelievable. He's pitching. And while throwing, he breaks his elbow. And the crack was heard around the whole stadium. And they had to amputate. Wow, but he went down in a heap, and his leg, his arm, came across from a broken elbow. Dave Dravecki, mm. good pitcher too. Wow, I was at uh, RFK Stadium in Washington when Joe Thiesman was tackled by Lawrence Taylor in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. and you heard it throughout the stands. He broke his ankle. Mm. But I mean, to hear it in the stands, crack. Whew. That's yeah. why I, I really envy athletes that you, they keep coming back.
1: I know. It, it is, uh, it, you know, I didn't have, I, I was one of those athletes that never was injured. I could always, I pitched, I threw 100 pitches every time. Never came out of a high school game ever. I never was taken out. I just always finished every game. And what high school? St. Raphael Academy in Rhode Island not necessarily a powerhouse, you know, if it's, oh. but it's a uh, little Rhode Island. Yes, sir. But it, uh, I look at, I look back at it all and I'm thankful for it all really. I am. And, uh, I, I'm really, uh, before we go, what are your thoughts on, on this, uh, this current cheating scandal?
0: I think it's terrible. terrible. I think the Astros, I, I surprised, I would have, I would have vacated the title. Absolutely. Taken the trophy back. Can't give it to the Dodgers, although that I was at every one of those worlds. Me big and big Cannon, Dodgers guy. Me and Cannon and Chance, we were at every World Series game when the Houston Astros played the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And I take you back to the fifth game in Houston. We're tied at two games apiece. Fifth game in Houston. We're ahead by four runs mm-hmm. in the bottom of the seventh, and they bring in a well rested Kershaw mm-hmm. and they knocked him all over the field. Banged single, double. Oh my god! And I remember saying to myself, This and the Astros, when you compare their home average to their road average, mm-hmm. so it was totally unfair getting an edge. Uh, I it was reprehensible. Now, this year is going to be a tough year in baseball, yes, because the Astros are going to be booed wherever they go, absolutely. Uh, there are Dodger fans that already, I think, up to two thousand tickets when the Astros come to play the Angels. The Dodger fans will all be there to boo. I will wager that people will bring garbage cans absolutely to games that bang it on the ground absolutely. And therefore, I don't, I don't think it's possible for the Astros to have a good year.
1: It's I, gonna be, it's gonna be an unbelievable year. I think it's. I would. I, I heard someone make this argument, and I thought about it. Get your opinion on it really quick. Could make the argument that. Although a black eye to baseball and undoubtedly mistreated and and wronged so many people within their sport, I think this garnered more national attention than anything baseball related in the last five years. Like obviously the, like you're a, you're a storied baseball fan, so it doesn't really cater to you, but like baseball is a declining sport, notoriety-wise, ratings wise amongst
0: our generation you know the um no no person over 25 can become a baseball fan right you have to grow up with it right because baseball is athletic chess Mm -hmm. all the little movements so people think why am saying you can sit for three hours at a baseball game of course i'm looking for little things right did the left fielder take two steps over to the left? Mm-hmm. Who's warming up in the bullpen? Mm-hmm. Can I see into the dugout? What's going on? I'm trying to steal signs from the stands. <laughs> um, You're like
1: the Astros. <laughs> uh, but the Ast-
0: what the Astros did yeah. was worse than what Babe Ruth did.
1: Way worse than what uh, Pete Rose did. I mean, did.
0: Babe Ruth, I'm sorry, Pete Rose. Pete Rose worse banned,
1: than- banned, banned from the game for gambling on his own self, his team. Never, never, he was never, they never found one card that he gambled against
0: no. his team. The only problem with that was it's the first rule of baseball in every locker room, no gambling. Right. Yeah. So I, at a, when I first heard about, it, I know Pete very well, mm-hmm. I said, boy, that's understandable. But the problem was when he managed the Reds and bet, supposing he bet today and the pitchers the, the pitcher, the relief pitcher, he's had worked three consecutive days.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Can't use him, but he bet two thousand dollars on this game, mm. so it will affect his maneuvering the game. So he got to bring in the pitcher he didn't want to bring in mm-hmm. to win the money. Well, Pete was an inveterate gambler, horse racing, dog racing, you can't,
1: you like to, you like you like gambling on some horses, don't you?
0: Only horses. And the funny thing is, maybe after all this, I've slowed down a lot. I don't watch the races much anymore. I follow, you know, I keep up. I right. keep reading about it. It's a wonderful sport. I think jockeys are amazing athletes, amazing
1: athletes. Can you ride yourself?
0: No. You ride horses? I got well? on a horse once with Ted Turner. <laughs> and uh, he took my bridle and walked along with me. And I said, don't let go of the bridle. <laughs> it's you know, scary. Horses, you know, they bump a little. Yeah. I, I like watching them run. Yeah. I think they're amazing animals. But to ride a horse? Look, I'm Jewish. Let's <laughs> start right there. We don't ride horses.
1: I hear you, man. I'm, like, not a, I'm not a rider either. It's like Jewish
0: hockey players. Who? Yeah. What, what Jew would be a hockey goaltender? I Come on. <laughs> I used to say the Jews own the stadium. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> You're right. Nothing wrong with it.
0: Another great sport is hockey. Ice hockey is.
1: I got a lot of hockey. How so these are are my, my two of my best yeah, friends. Tyler Sagan for the Stars, Marcus Stroman for the now in the New York Mets.
0: Are you, what's your 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 Dodgers through and through? I'm Dodgers. I grew up in Brooklyn, went to Ebbets Field as a kid.
1: No New York, no New York. Uh Brooklyn. Fa- I'm saying no New York fandom for baseball. Like are you you're not, are you a Yankee guy or No, I hate the Yankees.
0: I hate the Yankees. I, even though I'm friends with guys on the team. I, right. Jeter's been very nice to me and I, but uh, hatred for a baseball team is very unusual because it runs deep. <laughs> I, I hate the Yankees. Hate the, the Yankees. For years, I hated the Giants. But now it's not so bad. You know, they're in San Francisco. You still hate the Yankees? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's uh, like, fuck, fuck those guys. Hate. <laughs> it's hate beyond hate. Yeah. And take all the sand in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> doesn't equal the amount of hatred I have for the Yankees. Mostly because they, they beat us in fourth straight-world series. Yeah. And finally, we beat them in 1955. I'll never forget this. Seventh game, Yankee Stadium, Johnny Padres, who I got to know pretty well, mm-hmm. pitching for the Dodgers. And I'm sitting around with a group of guys and we're all saying the same thing, how we're, we're going to lose. Mm-hmm. We're going to lose, the Yankees. <laughs> and the, I, ha- I thought that with the Yankees, you never know, the first batter's going to hit a ground ball, going to hit a pebble and bounce over the third baseman said didn't happen right. that ninth inning was over in two minutes in fact there was for a minute a total shock the yankees were down one two three mm. whoa that was one of the greatest moments of my life wow
1: I'd, i hopefully maybe we can catch a game i'd love to one day I'm, I'm, i have a bunch of buddies who play currently uh, mookie betts is a friend
0: you know, Mookie? Yeah, I'll have
1: Mookie on the podcast in the next few now, weeks.
0: everyone tells me that he is the nicest Sweetheart. guy.
2: Sweetheart.
1: You're going to... I'd love to connect you guys.
0: I you hope need. we keep him.
1: Yeah. He's an incredible talent, but a, like a genuine... I, I have a, I have a friend I make want, music with who grew up with him and played sports. Is he going to want $40 million a year? I can't speak for that, but probably...
0: Good luck to him. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, if he delivers, if he delivers, he might get it, you know? I think he might deliver. He's, I think Ginger, he's, gonna...
0: he's an interesting leadoff hitter. He is. he is. But the Dodgers haven't had a good leadoff hitter in years.
1: I think you guys are going to get it this year. Write it down now. Larry King.
0: No, write it down, but someone will beat us. <laughs> That's the <laughs> pessimistic, Put that out there. pessimistic side of me. There you go. So we'll do well. There'll be no Astros. But, what, yeah. you know, the Red Sox, they haven't announced yet what's the penalty. It's supposed to be the end of this week. Right. The Red Sox, they say, may get penalized more. Why? I don't know, but the investigation's been going on a long time, and
1: I didn't know. I didn't know they were. I don't Oh, the they're penalty. under a
0: full investigation. Wow. And uh, the word was that Rob Manfred was going to announce the penalty.
1: Did you see what yeah. Rob Manfred said about the? He he referred to the trophy as a piece of metal.
0: Yeah, he's sorry about that. I like Rob.
1: You like him? Yeah. I hate. I hated that. Yeah. I don't know him at all. I hated that. Like, and I have friends, a lot of friends who play, and they're like. There's a complete. Discan- what it
0: is is he was frustrated, right? Frustrated. Everybody's hammering him, right? Why don't you take? What, what about the trophy? It's a piece. Of, I can understand his frustration.
1: All right, Larry, thank you so much. This for your time. This was great fun. This uh, just you coming and doing this is, is inspiring because it's gonna well, no matter where no matter where I am in life, I'll never thank not you. Come you and do thank things like Cannon
0: this. King, Cannon, shout out, baby, Boy Youth.
1: Hey, I took a right that day and went to Doheny Room and here we are. Here we are. Thank you yeah, very much, Karen's sir. Good baseball play. Yeah, we should mm. we should we should have a catch. Oh for sure. I'm back I'm back active. I'm back active, yeah. Yes, sir.
0: Cheers. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Sure.